You've tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Versero here on the Leadership Lowdown. I'm so glad that you joined us, glad that you're here with us today. And most exciting, I am very uh, been looking forward to this for quite some time. We have with us Bob Jackwart, who is uh, part of Jackwart Fabrics Products, way up from the, uh, I believe it's the western end of the Upper Peninsula. Bob, welcome to our show. Vic, thank you so much. It's great to be here or be here with you. <laughs> yes, we've got a few miles between us. In the old days, we try to do this inside of a studio, but um, you know, thanks to COVID, we've been doing these over the phone and we've been able to go far and wide. And right now, we're talking to you from what beautiful town on the Upper Peninsula? I'm in Ironwood, as far west as you can go. Wow. Uh, lots of people probably don't even know where Ironwood is, but. Uh, Far west end of the UP, and I'm in Michigan, further west than St. Louis, Missouri, if you can believe it. Ah, I never realized that, but that makes sense. A little fact sense. that you guys don't know. There down you there. go. Yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm a I'm a, a, a big fan of a of a TV show called The Curse of Oak Island, and one of the stars of the show wears a hat that that has a picture of the Upper Peninsula on it, and it says the better half. Uh, on his <laughs> on his cap, and I know if you're if you're a, a UP or you absolutely uh, uh, believe that that's the truth. So tell me, Bob, are you are you from that area all your life, or tell tell us where you started out and and how you got where you're at? Well, I'm pretty boring when that when you start talking about that. My great grandfather came here to Ironwood, and my my grandfather on the other side came from Italy, uh, settled here to be part of the mines. My one grandfather was a businessman, but he came here because of the mines. And and uh, my uh, Italian grandfather came here to to work on the railroad that supplied the mines. So um, yeah, yeah so it's mining background sort of. But my immediate family doesn't have any mining background. But some deep roots there on the western end of the UP. That's where that's yeah, where, where, and where you call home. I didn't travel out much, um, <laughs> and, and and it's my home. And um, now that I'm older, I'm hoping to be part of all the positive things that are happening here. So uh, it's, it's that's been neat. a good life swing. Yeah. Now, I, I, I guess I want to make sure because because your current role is CEO and uh, co-owner of Jackhort um, uh, Fabric Products. But uh, tell me, the, the co-owner part of that, you have a couple of special people that are uh, the other half of that ownership uh, cycle, right? Yeah, I've been saying for a long time that my success will only come 30 or 40 years after I'm gone and this business is still employing people, the people, the young people that have a job here now and um, fortunate enough to uh, work with both my daughters. Um, And we've been working with good family business counseling and we have a transition in place and I'm in my late 60s. So it's not it's not that far off for me to be thinking about leaving here for good. And, and we have conversations, open conversations and uh, about that all the time. Yeah. Well, I think that's and, so wise because so many times nobody wants to talk about it and the, and the principals don't want to give up control. So next thing you know, you have a, an unspoken uh, big uh, elephant in the room that nobody's talking about. and it, it causes all kinds of problems for families. I'm glad to hear you're, you're thinking about that. But tell us, tell us what is the business? What is it that, that uh, your organization does? Well, if you start with Jackwort Fabric Products, actually, I, I need to give credit to my father who started the business as a part-time hobby, sort of, because he was a full-time fireman with the city of Ironwood. Hmm. And so I grew up in this business. Um, he started in the basement of my home. He had a, 
I, you know, a Singer 111W, if you really want to know the model and make of the <laughs> <Wow>. machine. <laughs> That's a sewing machine for people that don't know, right? <laughs> in 1958, yeah. So I, I, it's it's just been a fascinating life's journey. And um, when I couldn't find a career, my dad had a full-time, more like seamstress, and he was he was working full-time at the fire hall. So Evelyn was working here, and I, I just couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. And education system put me in, you know, in an educational path as opposed to a tradesman's path. And I had never really understood that um, until I came here to work that I loved making things. Mm, wow. I'm fascinated. I'm, yeah, I'm a CEO, but I'm a craftsman as well. I love making things and taking things apart and putting them back together again. And it just fascinates me. So there's that part of me. So the the quick steps of that history of Jackwood Fabric Products was my dad basically gave me the keys when I was 20 years old and said, "Here, it's all yours." Um, I don't. Uh, you can. He let me run this thing with no experience at all, basically. And but then I found a, an opportunity to to learn how to make boat covers, and I learned how to the craftsman in me learned how to make boat covers, and then upholstery work. So I was that kind of person for quite mm-hmm. a while, and that's what we were with three or four employees, and then. A boat cover customer asked me to get in the physical therapy pillow and support business with him. And so I started a production business around that idea of of Rick's and back in the middle 80s. And so then here we were in the UP, not, you know, kind of away from everybody like you can expect. And I'm in the sewing business, not seeing the whole big world. And the whole big world is sending all the sewing work in the United States to China. And I'm really kind of oblivious of this. And um, I'm just energetic and love working and love taking that craftsman in me and turning it into production. And and so what we then were from the middle 80s to, say, 2000, was we were um, a a company that was finding the niches that China really couldn't do. Mm. A craftsman company that knew how to take production work and and bring it into the United States and rural America and make a living. So here you are, the western end of the UP taking on the world. I just love it. And Bob, we're going we're gonna to finish this story right after the break. We're going to stop right here just for a second on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. We'll be right back. Michigan Works Association believes the key to advancing prosperity across the state is accomplished through building a skilled workforce. As the state's primary workforce development association, their focus is to continue to move the needle on policy, education, and collaboration. They're creating an opportunity and building stronger communities by advocating and innovating together. You've tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Verschero here on the Leadership Lowdown. Our guest today is Jack Wart, uh, Fabric Produ- Products, and of course he's the CEO. That's Bob Jackart, um, who is telling us a little bit of the stories as it relates to how he's taken on, my gosh, China from the western end of the UP. So, Bob, at that point in time, things are things are different. Everybody's shipping the business, and you're looking for your share to stay here in the states. Is that do I have that right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I'm I'm young and 
in my 30s and ambitious and want to grow the sewing business um, that I think I can someday have a whole bunch of people working for me. And, you know, like I said, meanwhile, China's taken it all away from us. But so we got a, we got very creative and took the craftsmen and the few people that were here and utilized, uh, it was kind of sneaky, but we utilized the knowledge of the sewing machine supply guys. <laughs> if you think of them, there's not very many. There's a few in every region. And the one particular out of Minneapolis, which keep in mind, Minneapolis is only four hours away from Ironwood, Michigan. You're right, good point. <laughs> That's my big metropolitan area. So, But they're in every factory in America. So if you want to learn how to make sleeping bags, you call them up and say, how do you make a sleeping bag? And he says, so-and-so in South Dakota makes them this way, and so-and-so in Mississippi makes them this way, and so-and-so in Indiana makes them this way. And so that's how you... So we started learning how to make all kinds of different things. Um, And they were the things that were profitable and China couldn't do. Um, Two-day turnaround or big skew count, lots of variety and, and not many of each one, but high margins. And one that I can publicly say is a lot of the listeners um, to your show um, know of or have a rainbow play system in their backyard. It's the, they're the premier jungle gyms in people's backyards. They're made out of redwood and they're exquisite. And they have trademarked canopies over them. They're red, blue, and yellow stripes, big, wide, red, mm. blue, yellow stripes. They come from here. Oh, wow. They come from Jackward Fabric Products. And I, uh, I think we've all customer. seen those for sure. Yeah. Yeah, they come. We've been their supplier since 2005 but that's kind of the dodging and weaving we do it and they've just been great partners and we love working with them they're out of south dakota and um yeah so that's kind of who we were and then you know you had the question was who am i and what does jackwood fabric products do and then the uh, myself i went to lunch one day back in 2001 and a man that owns the the shop that sells Carhartts and and all the other work clothes and Red Wing boots and sold um, Cromer caps came up to me and said, they quit making Cromer caps, you better do something about it. (laughs) And I smiled and said, get me the number and I'll buy the dang company. And (laughs) I I remember when those words came out of my mouth, my head said, yeah, right, Bob. Did I just say that? (laughs) Yeah. So that afternoon, I came back to, I was out on the factory floor, and I came back to my office, and on the chair, in my office chair was a little slip of paper with the Cromer Cap Company's name on it and the phone number, and I called the owner and said, let's make a deal. And um, so I, you know, people think I bought the company. Actually, if you, it really makes me smile every time I think about it. I called him up and said, I want to give you money for a product to make a product you just discontinued. That's what I did. That's how it started. <laughs> and did so you... I wrote him a check yeah. to teach me how to make a product he just discontinued. Oh, wow. And, and, um, so, and, and we had to slightly change the name because he kept his business going as the Cromer Cap Company for a while, making the polka dot canvas, light canvas hat that a pipe fitter and a welder wears underneath their mask, their <laughs> welding mask. And that was, a, that was the Cromer Hat Company, at the, uh, the last product, yeah. huh? Wow. Yeah, that was their last product. So so we got creative, and we knew that George Cromer's nickname was Stormy, and um, we became Stormy Cromer. And what and year was what year was that, Bob? 2001. Really? 
And so this, and, and so um, we need to we need to understand that that uh, story about where where that all came from, uh, and we'll probably run out of time in this segment. But I want to make sure that as we think about it, two thousand and one, you're taking a cap that really is not in demand. It's not. Uh, it, it must be something that that was that was failing as a as an option because um, the company was discontinuing it. So. What was it that you saw at that moment? Was it the story that that we're going to talk about in the next segment, or was there something else that inspired you to grab this? The inspiration was it'd be cool to make the hat that I wore. That was, I mean, this was, <laughs> you know, I I am from the UP and I'm a little more casual than that. I didn't didn't put a five year business plan together. I just kind of <laughs> you know shot from the hip here. Go get them. That's right. But, I love it. But the other the main reason was it was work I would own. It wouldn't mm-hmm. be subcontractor work. Yep. It was work I could control. I would never get a phone call that it's going away, the contract's going away. And it was small enough that if you were out of work for two weeks because the contract you were working on, Vic, was was gone, you know, was down for two weeks, I'd have you go in the corner and make Cromer caps. Oh, that's cool. The number of hats that they were making at the time fit, would fit uh, probably inside of a car <laughs> if you packed them all in there. So there's the cubic volume. And so if, if you're out of work in May, go make 100 hats or whatever it is. Wow, that's so, so cool. So that was the thinking. Yeah, and so the, the so the, so in essence, uh, even though the Cromer Cap Company was there, the Stormy Cromer uh, Cap uh, legend continues, and off it went with uh, with your vision. Man, I, I can't wait to hear the rest of this, Bob. I'm so glad that you joined us today. So glad that you tuned into the Michigan Business Network here and the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Versero. We'll be right back. At DBI, we do what we do so you can do what you do best. We do office. Locally owned and operated, DBI has everything you need for the office. From ergonomic office furniture and office interiors to the latest technology and movable walls and sound masking. DBI offers top quality products at user-friendly prices. And we can help with design and installation too. You can count on DBI for all the office supplies you need. DBI is the largest independent supplier of office products in Michigan, and we offer free nationwide next-day delivery on office supplies with no minimum order. At DBI, you get personal care and attention. Nobody does customer service like we do. DBI, at your service in downtown Lansing, downtown Jackson, and online at dbiyes.com. That's dbiyes.com. DBI. We do office. Thanks for tuning in to Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Verser with Bob Jackhart. He is Jackhart Fabric Products CEO and co-founder and, of course, co-owner. And, of course, what I want to really uh, uh, get back to is this Stormy, Stormy Cromer concept and, the, and what this hat is. Um, I, I love the fact that you've bought this from the Cromer uh, Cap Company and you've got to come up with a new name. But um, tell us, tell us if you would, this is probably is a good spot to insert the story of, of who was Stormy Cromer. Is that a guy or what's that all about? So, so take us there if you would, Bob, I think that'd be good context for us. Sure. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's, uh, part of the history and it, well, it's all of the history. Um, so Stormy Cromer 
was a railroad engineer. He lived in Kokana, Wisconsin, which is 12 miles south of Green Bay, over huh. in that air part of Wisconsin. Yeah. And um, he, he was a brakeman, and there was times when he needed to stick his head out the window and watch for um, wheels that needed greasing. And huh. the, the, the long story to it, but tell you why the, the greasable wheel bearing hadn't been invented yet so it needed they needed constant grease and all that fun stuff but at the time there was no hat made with a brim and ear flaps those two things didn't exist you could get a brim but you couldn't get ear flaps and because you put a tassel hat on so he was he his passion was baseball and so his wife ida um when there's a woman in the room, you got to make sure we give credit to the gender that actually created this hat. Right. <laughs> so his wife actually put ear flaps on a baseball hat, and it worked. <laughs> and they ended up actually patenting the way it it works. Most people, when they get one and they don't know about it, they actually untie the tie and they flip the flaps, and it works kind of ingeniously. Um, the patent has since expired, but um, there's a patent on it. We've got the actual patent drawings that were submitted oh, back me. in the early <laughs> part of the century. So 1903, it just kind of moved along. They started making other caps. They made the old traditional railroad cap, that that gray and white striped one that a railroad engineer, you picture a railroad engineer. With a very short was, little bill, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And But this was called um, a railroad cap. It was called the winter cap. And it, and, it, and it, you know, the people have knocked it off. There's somebody up in Canada that still makes one that's very, very similar. But I think three months after I bought the company, I got a picture of my grandfather wearing a hat. So <laughs> besides myself wearing a hat, my Italian grandfather, who worked on the same railroad with Stormy Cromer did, and they're eight years different in age, wow. I didn't know either one of them. But I'm betting that Stormy Cromer and my grandpa had bumped into each other. So sure. that really cool connection. And there's this really fun connection for us with 1903. I feel, I don't know, it's very historical for me. I, 1903 was the Wright Brothers' um, first flight, and it was the founding year of the Ford Motor Company and I huh. and and Harley Davidson. So I feel like I'm I own this company that's just part of this cool part of American history, and uh, so that's been just those were all surprises to me. Right. And um, and um, so so that thing the, the hat got you know he sold it to Dick Grossman in 1964, and then in 19- 2001, Dick decided to stop making them because they weren't selling very well. Yeah. And boy, what does that change now. <laughs> what I didn't see, and so I, I loved the hat and I thought it was cool and, you know, all that kind of stuff, but what happened to me, and and, and, and there's, there are people listening that know what, there's something about this hat that has unbelievable meaning to a lot of people. Hmm. And uh, and the, the two convincers for me was uh, were that um, the lady that ran the 4-H program in town had re- was retired, and she came up to me one day in town and said, are Cromer caps really made in my hometown? <laughs> and, like, she had, she said it with all this wonderful pride, and I said, yeah, I, may- I can remember smiling and saying, yeah, I'm, I make them. You can come and uh, someday you want to come and see them. And she says, I want to show you something. So she reached in her purse. This is before everybody had pictures on their phones. Sure. And she shows me a picture of a pet grave marker, you know, like a 16-inch yeah. cross stuck yeah. in the ground, okay? And she says, this is the grave marker on Isle Royal where my husband's hat is buried. She said, ten, 10 days after the funeral, his fishing buddies got permission from the U.S. Park Service to bury his hat in memory of him on the, his favorite point where he liked to fish. 
Oh. And I'm thinking, holy smokes, <laughs> you know. And then, and then Bobo Krasnarch, who lived four doors down from me, heard I had bought it. And a few months later, he came to me and said, in 1947, we had just come out of a horrible tragedy called World War II. And the world was just drab. And I, everybody was wearing black and brown and olive drab and just dull colors. And he said, I'm 19 years old and I'm going to a dance. And I owned a black and a bright red Stormy Cromer hat. And I decided I'm going to wear the bright colored hat. And he said, I walked on the dance floor and four of the most adorable women I had ever met wanted to meet the daring guy who wore bright colors to the dance. Oh. And he said, and that's how I met my wife. Isn't and that something? Bobo is going to be 98 this year, and he still is driving, and he still in the wintertime wears a red hat. And so I thought, oh, my gosh, there's, there must be more to this. <laughs> there truly is. I'm seeing. Well, I think it's such a cool story, and I'm so glad it's part of the Michigan lore now, and I'm so glad the uh, Jack Hart uh, family decided to bring it home and, and have it here in Michigan in the Upper Peninsula where it belongs. Uh, so glad you tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. We're going to be right back with Bob with some more stories. Now hiring? Capital Area Michigan Works can assist you with your hiring needs, all at no cost. From large-scale hiring assistance to locating the right candidate for a hard-to-fill position, Capital Area Michigan Works is your resource. We offer creative solutions from career fairs to on-the-job training grants and scholarship programs to make sure you have the best and brightest employees. Visit our website at www.camw.org to learn more about how we can assist your business with its hiring needs. We've got Bob Jackhart here on the Leadership Lowdown on the Michigan Business Network. We're so glad to have the CEO and co-owner of Stormy Cromer and Jackhart Fabric Products. There's so many cool things going on on the western end of the UP. And so, Bob, in this last story, you told us about the gentleman in the red hat, um, on the red Stormy Cromer hat, and he's out there uh, lighting up the dance floor all those years ago and 98 years later, uh, uh, he's out there still with the red hat on. I just love that story and love the legend of, of what you're sharing. Um, any other stories you want us to know about it as, as we move down through this, uh, this uh, unpacking the rest of the story? Yeah, so, so basically those two stories, the, the hat buried on Isle Royal and Bobo's hat wearing the red hat to the dance, gave me the, the idea that maybe there's more to this story than I really, really have an idea of. So yeah. um, I, I bought the company out of Milwaukee, and I thought maybe the Milwaukee is the best place to go looking for marketing agencies, which I've never worked with before. I made a connection through a friend to to get introduced to four or five marketing companies. So I took the picture of Grandpa with the hat on. I took a 1915 picture of Stormy and Ida and, and a black hat on a trip to Milwaukee with me. And I went around going door-to-door getting that free hour of advice that you can get from people you know, wanting to do your business. And I remember the company that we ended up picking um, – was was uh, the marketing company for Trek Bicycles when oh. Lance Armstrong was winning the Tour de France. So they were the energy level was really high, and they yeah. were just a nice size. They everybody there matched me, and 
I pull out the pictures and the hat, and the creative director looked at me and says, you don't have a clue what you've got. <laughs> and I go, what? You know, what? He says, if we created a product right now, would we have a 1915 picture of the, of the, of the founder? Would we have a 1942 picture of the third owner's grandfather? And I said, well, not really. And, and so um, he said, we can leverage the living daylights out of this. And wow. so keep in mind that I bought it 98 years old. I'm, if you talk to Chris Holman, you'll, you'll know that I'm a, still a very competitive athletic person and, and, and winning and making goals is still a big part of my life. And so I had in my head, I had asked, okay, the, I'm buying a 98-year-old company. What was the record year of hats? Okay, so I, I knew it. I got that. And we, and we keep that kind of private. But the record number of hats, I knew what that number was. And so now I'm marketing, I'm trying to market it. And they told me that they thought the, they thought that the um, Milwaukee Journal would like to write an article about me. So I reluctantly go back up three weeks later, quite intimidated from Ironwood to Milwaukee Journal, mm-hmm. thinking this lady doesn't want to, doesn't want to talk to me. And she came in at the meeting and looked at her watch and said, I've got 55 minutes. <laughs> and she said it very sternly. And it's like, oh, she didn't want to be here. Well, Let's see, that would be two hours and 45 minutes later. She's hugging me, thanking me for the opportunity to write this endearing story. And then she gets her editor to give her two days off to come up to Ironwood. And then the cover, the, the, the article showed up on the cover of the, I was the front page of the Sunday paper, <laughs> Milwaukee Journal. Oh, that's cool. Saving, they, and she spun three stories, me saving the business, the need for American jobs, and the quirkiness of Stormy Cromer. And that article hit the, hit the Associated Press the next day and did and got to nine other cities in the region, like Cincinnati and Cleveland and Dubuque and Des Moines and those kinds of cities. That article in two months broke the record, the yearly record, three times. We sold three times as many hats as they had ever sold in one year in two months. Oh, that's incredible. Just and incredible. So, so, so it just kind of, it, it's kind of been uphill or downhill from there. Um, we've learned a lot. Um, I've learned a lot. You know, this is about leadership. I've, I, I've learned a lot. The company needed more sophistication. I mean, all kinds of cool things happened, but that was like the big kick in the butt for me, that, that article. And it's like, wow, there's really something here. Well, I think um, what you teach us there, Bob, is there's a little bit of this whole notion that, that um, um, don't just dismiss history and don't dismiss uh, some of the credits that you've earned. I mean, when you think about uh, probably a beat up uh, picture of a grandparent that's maybe 50 to, to 60 years old, um, that you're showing to somebody and you had somebody that saw the, the wisdom and knowing that you've got something that, that uh, is powerful here. So must have been an exciting moment to discover discover that those roots were deep. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, it's just pretty incredible. I mean, and I'm, I'm sure there's many people listening that this hat means a lot. Yeah. In fact, down at, at on the floor next to me is the box that the hat came in, but this is the second time we've done it Um some lady from down by you sent a hat in to us in, the, in a handwritten note saying, this is my deceased husband's hat. He died in November, and it, and I, and it doesn't fit me. Can you help me? And so this is the second time we've done that. We, I personally completely ripped her husband's hat apart, took it home to my wife. She ironed it, and then we brought all the pieces so they were nice and flat again, and then took it back here 
cut out a pattern. I hand cut the hat down to fit her, and we put it back together again. And we put his size, all of his labels and his whole lining. So it's his hat in her size now. Oh, and we're going to send it to her. God and bless so, you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then and we talked about you know all the wonderful things, and we'll we can we're we're about ready to close for this section, and um, I'll tell you more about. Gina coming back and where we are now and, and how we're, what the what what the future looks like. Well, what a what a powerful story and what a great opportunity it is for us to hear about a legendary brand right here in Michigan. So glad that you're doing what you're doing, Bob, and so glad you joined us here on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. Vic Versero here. We're going to pay some bills and come right back. What do so many successful businesses have in common? Proactive legal strategy. The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer both business and personal legal counsel. For client convenience, they have offices throughout Michigan. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. Welcome back to Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. Today's special guest, and I do mean special, Bob Jackwart is uh, the CEO, co-owner of Jackhart, uh, Jackwart uh, Fabric Products, and of course the the iconic Stormy Cromer brand. And so we're so glad to hear some of the features and stories. And oh, I'm so grateful that uh, such a brand as Stormy Cromer is in the hands of such a legendary business person like you, Bob, here in Michigan. And of course, uh, I think you would be the first in line to say, hey, it's not only me. I got great employees and I've got some uh, wonderful people that are part of this uh, leadership team here. So tell me a little bit about uh, what it's like uh, being in business with your daughters and, and uh, kind of some of the leadership opportunities and challenges you've seen so far. Well, that's, you know, it's, it's my whole life of learning leadership. If you picture me starting um, as a 20-year-old just sewing and then all of a sudden there's the responsibility of one or two employees and all the growth that's happened then we've got about a hundred now but um i th- i think that you know you talked about what are the life's lessons i've really accepted the fact that i can get a ton of information from other people mm-hmm. that you admire mm. um and i've i i mentor a lot of young people and i say i'm I know I've done this 200 times where I've wanted to learn something and I've just called somebody that a CEO at another company or something and said, you know, I, you know a lot more about this than I do. Could I buy you lunch and learn? And, um, I've done that so often. And, and that's been my growth has been this access. And and one of the things about, I I can give you a, a, a good way to relate here, making boat covers in Ironwood, Michigan, uh, we are, Strategically placed 40 miles north of Manitowish Waters in Monaco, Wisconsin, which is basically the Traverse City of oh. Wisconsin. Yeah. One of the Traverse Cities of Wisconsin. So imagine being a 20-year-old making a boat cover for the president of Allstate Insurance Company. <laughs> and him picking up on your young business nature and treating you like an equal and mm. not talking down to you like you're the servant boat cover maker, you're... An equal, and I I love to mentor you. So, 
that's how my life kind of started being mentored and, and having mentors. And so that's been a big part of it. I'm in my late sixties. We talked about it. I have a early eighties mentor that I talked to yesterday for an hour Really, and he's still pushing me <laughs> and, um, he's pushing me hard. And so when I, ma- I made the mistake, when the girls were in high school, both Gina and KJ were in high school, I, I didn't think that they would ever want to work with me because I didn't own Stormy Cromer and there was nothing glamorous about it. and It was just kind of work. <laughs> and so one went off into music and one went off into sports education. And um, so I didn't do that. If you're going to come back, there's this mandatory must go work three years like you should in a business and stuff like that. So um, we just didn't see it coming. Um, but KJ, my youngest, um, came to work here after she graduated from college and just kind of never left. And we just love working with each other. And Chris Holman, I will know her as the basketball daughter. She mm. has, um, <laughs> she's gone to every women's final four since 1995. Oh my. <laughs> Most of the time with me, it's our father daughter tradition here. And then Gina went away and in 2007, which would be, no, I think 2008. So it'd be seven years after I bought Stormy Comer. Um, she came back to visit in the summertime and said, I'm going to almost quote her. She said, Dad, you're not ready for this, but I want to come back to Ironwood and work with you and continue <sighs> your legacy of employing people in Ironwood. No way. Well, how did and you so feel about that? That's probably the most special thing that oh. I could ever say to their father. Can you imagine? About it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I have these wonderful daughters. And one of the things we said to our, each other was um, we, the growth potential at an Ironwood local, like a Kiwanis or Rotary meeting, um, there's not, you know, it's a small town. And so we need growth, personal growth. We all, all three of us do, and our whole company does. So we, the, it's mandatory that they go out and find leadership assistance. Um, right now we're being overseen by a, a company out of Green Bay. Again, that's much closer than anything like Lansing or Grand Rapids would be. And um, they're putting us through some integrity training which has really opened us up as far as being open with each other no meetings after the meetings nothing under the table uh, that kind of stuff and it's really it's made leaders of all of us and that's what we're trying to do now is is, is um get everybody to feel comfortable we're, we're we try to be very flat i get really upset when i ask for something and i get it ahead of somebody else and i realize that they did it mine my project first because I'm oh, Bob yeah. and right, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't fourth in line. I was Bob who automatically goes first in line. And so we work really hard on that. Um, but mainly, we talk about leadership styles and everything like that. We we all read a lot of books, um, and we all have mentors. Gina has um, Gina really is connected with the SBAM. Um, she's on their board of directors right now, and so. A lot of wonderful peers and folks to talk to um, through the state of Michigan. There, it's just been a wonderful, wonderful experience. A great ride there. Well, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, Bob. I think the big thing is that none of us do it alone. We can think we're self-made, but the truth is, there's people around us that are pouring into us, doing great things for us, and it's just wonderful that they share like that. It's wonderful that you share your time today here on the Michigan Business Network. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Versero. We'll be right back.
Sinair has an unwavering belief that all people deserve the opportunities provided by living in healthy communities. They've lived that mission for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sinair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. You don't make that kind of broad impact without a skilled, diverse, and highly valued team. That's one of the reasons Sinair has been consistently named a top place to work by Detroit Free Press, a Crane's Detroit Cool Places to Work, and a best nonprofit to work for. Learn more at www.sinair.com. This is the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. Today's special guest is Bob Jackwart. He is uh, um, a uh, CEO and co-owner of Jackwart Fabric Products uh, way up in the western end of the of the Upper Peninsula. And Bob, I just am so excited about what you shared in that last segment because we talked a little bit about, hey, don't put me in front of the line. I know my name's on the building, but hey, um, you know we've got a team here and there's some other things. I, I think that's a sense of of humility in a leader that is, I think, a little bit rare, especially when I get dealing with some of the entrepreneurs that I've, that I've talked to. Tell me about your philosophy of, of, uh, of kind of keeping all of that together. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting, Vic. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm no expert or I don't <laughs> think myself would be, but I, I know that it's real comfortable for me to be to not have to be in the front of the line or to not have to be the smartest person and to be, you know, whatever the word, I mean, I guess it's humble or whatever, but not to have to be the big shot in the room. Yeah. And I, and, and it seems like that has opened up the opportunities. You can't believe how many people I know and know well and know well enough that they care about me and everything. And I, and um, I've been told by a lot of people that I know, more important people in the world than anybody they've ever met. And I, <laughs> and I call them friends and, and they call me, you know, like Chris Holman. I mean, we're, we see each other, we've seen each other maybe six times in our whole lives and we would consider ourselves very close. <laughs> and I, and I, and I, when I think about your leadership and, and oftentimes I, I talk to business people that, I don't know, they come from bigger parts, bigger cities and things like that. And I think there's so much dang competition for them down there that they mm. that they're that they have to really talk like they're experts at everything and be above above everything and and just seem like they're bigger than they really are and i think letting yourself go and being smaller than you are actually leaves more opportunity i remember in in the pandemic we were making masks and i got a call from another sewing factory from down by you and and he was asking for advice on what I was doing and why we were making masks and gowns and and it's like come down, Mister. I, I we're just we're in this together. I'm your friend. I'm here to help. And, <laughs> right. Um. Um. You don't have to put on airs for me. Honestly, you just don't have to. And I, <laughs> I, I that's really a big deal for me. And there's one other little thing that that comes with um with Stormy Cromer and living in the UP is you guys have really helped this. Um. You folks down in the Lower Peninsula. Because you, you you all think we don't have running water and we don't speak the Queen's English, <laughs> right? And so I've been adamant about never wanting our business to look like we're small time, mm. and 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 so like I, I've been told that I owned the first fax machine in the Upper Peninsula, <laughs> and 
Um, so I got a, a small military contract because I got the drawings faster than everybody else because, you know, mail, the other, the other people were waiting for the mail. Yeah. But um, so we've really known that we can look good and it doesn't cost much more than to look really good. And that's why, you know, Stormy Cromer, a lot of people that know marketing would know that we looked polished and we are polished and we act like first-rate citizens even though we're from the UP. But that all came from being a Uper and being... I mean, thought of the way that many people think of us, it's it's kind of been a fun little bantering back and well, forth. Well, I love what you just did there, though, because you just talked about your life, um, really leading your life without putting on airs and without uh, being all, um, uh, you know, doing it with humble service, and that, and yet doing it professionally is what I, <clears throat> excuse me, what is what I heard. So I, I just think that's really exciting to me to to hear your philosophy like that, Bob. I can't thank you enough for being on here uh, to share some of your. You know, unbelievable thoughts. But before I run out of time, I need to make sure that I've got a chance for people to understand um, uh, how do I get a hold of a Stormy Cromer hat? How do I understand all of the products that that uh, Jack Hort, uh, uh Fabrics uh, takes care of? Well, the, what I would advise is we. I, I took a trip a couple of years ago and, and stopped at uh, 25 of our dealers down in the Lower Peninsula. I actually delivered their preseason orders in August. And got to meet a whole bunch of wonderful folks that are our dealers down there. And so, um, and and I just, I'd love to tell everyone to go on StormyCromer.com and find a retailer near you and go in and see them. I mean, mm-hmm. you could buy the product from us, and 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 we will. You'll get a handwritten note by the lady that's stuffed in. It'll get wrapped in Stormy Cromer tissue paper and all the fun stuff that we do to try to make it work. But our dealers are just awesome, and they're out in the trenches and. Um, and they're awesome. They're, I, you know, I, I, I can think of all my trip, and I spent an hour or more with 30 different owners or managers or whatever in, in the shops down by you, and, and there's a bunch of wonderful, wonderful people down there. And I'd love to see you and, and go build a relationship with them and get to know them because um, we're all about this Stormy Cromer thing is a, a people connector, I think. Yeah. And uh, you can be in any port in the world and just say nice hat to somebody with a Cromer on and you've got a friend for life. <laughs> I'll bet. Well, we, we hope we have a new friend here and you, Bob. We're so grateful for you. Thank you uh, for sharing your story. Oh, it was my pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> It well, really went quickly. Didn't it did, didn't it? I, I just hate that it goes so fast, but I love the fact that we have uh, brand ambassadors like you, entrepreneurs like you, leaders like you. Bob, you're a blessing uh, to this great state, and we're so glad you joined us. So glad you tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero. Can't wait to talk to you next time on the Leadership Lowdown. Michigan.